like I said, everyone has different situations and no one's, some people have more on their plate mentally. Mm -hmm. Some people have more on their plate physically. But I just, I'm one of those things is like, you're not gonna, if you're gonna sit there and have a pissing contest with someone about like, I got more going on, that's why I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Then that's why you're gonna, those reasons are gonna be the exact reason your downfall exists. And it's like, you may have more reasons, but that should be a better reason for you to make a change and now have a story, you know? So the guy over there maybe got it silver spooned or maybe his genetics are different, but you know, you worked for that. There, there's, a, there's a story right there. Like every entrepreneur has a story. You didn't just, and everyone just walks into a business, especially when you, you know, you don't come from a family run business, you started on your own. That, that's a money losing pit for a while. And it's like, people don't understand, like you gotta take those, those punches you gotta take those those shots and just move with it and continue to find a way to grow around it and that's what's gonna make you become a stronger mind a stronger business person with everything at the end i feel like you know it's not how hard you hit it's yeah. how hard you can get hit okay and keep fighting <laughs> Rocky. i like it welcome everyone to another episode of the robert Patton global podcast i'm here with the welterweight Fury FC champion of the world, Basil Hafez. Hey, you said it right. All right, let's go. Hey, right, let's go. See? You're the first person that pronounced my name the correct way on your own. Full name. Uh, <laughs> so people butcher the last name, at least. Yeah, I <laughs> guessed, and I guessed right. So mm -hmm. there you go. I love these little fidget spinners you got here. The pyramid one. Of course, mm -hmm. I'm going to love that one. <laughs> yeah, we're into some of the ancient symbology, ancient, uh, like, the geometry of the like i don't know the ancients like the circular patterns i don't know if you've heard of the flower of life yeah a little bit actually i've never no i haven't heard of the flower it's of like life a, a it's a circular it's like a bunch of circles concentric circles that creates a pattern that is it's just a, a beautiful pattern and it's called sacred geometry okay and it was found on the uh pyramids kind of like ancient egyptian so it ties into the pyramids in terms of like how they're built or how they're created or yeah like more more mystery okay. i think ultimately i gotta and look into that i gotta watch something on that yeah Learn a little more uh, now i have to show you <laughs> oh you got some sheath clothing with it on it okay i respect that so here's an idea of it see these circles on the on the front there oh, i've seen this before actually i just didn't realize what it was okay yeah. that's what it is it's called the flower of life yeah and there's a bunch of variations there's i like they got the egyptian eye on there too that's right yeah. i designed that one that this one was dope. me and I, I think that might have something to do with why we've been so successful because we have some sacred ancient art embedded and it's magical i think that could be one of the reasons yeah exactly hard work has one to do with it right it's <laughs> sticking with it it's been 10 years now since we've been in business, which that's a kind of a, a milestone, but you've been fighting for longer than 10 years. I think professionally, maybe eight, but maybe not. You tell me. Uh, so I, I've never actually, I've got to sit and think. I made my pro debut in 2016, so seven years now. Okay. Yeah. And uh, was an amateur before that. But hey, man, 10 years in business is still a good thing. It's yeah. still a really good thing. And that's just the beginning of it. Yeah, and there's <laughs> the beginning there's, of my career. Well, actually, my career might die off eventually. <laughs> I can't be in, in fighting for thirty years. <laughs> what are you gonna do after fighting? Oh, uh, you know, I actually had that epiphany recently. I think uh, it, like some people maybe realize younger what they want to do in life, or you know, what they want to do when they retire. I, I kind of just had the epiphany I think a year ago, and my goal is to be able to build a name with my fighting as much as I can. Uh, very believe very highly in my. Jiu-Jitsu and my Jiu-Jitsu and my quality of my teaching and I want to open a Jiu-Jitsu gym on the islands I'm not sure where but somewhere on the islands have Jiu-Jitsu retreats what islands you know that's the thing I haven't really gone around to look I want to like travel yeah I'm like thinking between maybe like somewhere that has like a lot of naturally athletic people as a cheat code a little bit you know so make some world champions Cuba Cuba's an idea but I speak Arab. I didn't tell you I'm Egyptian that's probably why I like the Egyptian thing so much <laughs> say something Check, check. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Good, just good. Make, just double checking, making sure everything. How about now? Yeah, I was making sure the, li <laughs> the the line was going up. All right, cool, cool. Because I would hate to be missing this. I've had that happen. I've, I, myself too. I sometimes <laughs> I fuck it up with moving away too much from the mic. But yeah. uh, I think I, I I never told you I'm Egyptian. This, no. This, so I'm going to show you this my tattoo that you've never Ooh, probably haven't seen in detail nice. in person. I got that's this sphinx dope. in the back. Yeah, that's right. a, yeah. Whole thing, King Tut in the front, Anubis right here. Yeah. Wh who is the um, 
fuck the do- the dude that wrote the the emerald tablets the emerald tablets his name is toth thoth t-h-o-t-h He's in a lot of this shit and a lot of the. Egyptian. Is he like a philosopher? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. He was the teacher. Oh, I've seen quotes from from him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I don't know much about him, but I've seen quotes before from him. Like, you know, you just see quotes and memes and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Look in the the Emerald Tablet. I'm was, probably gonna have a list of things that I need you to send to me, like to look up when I leave here. <laughs> yeah. It was. It's. He wrote. It basically like how to live life. It was like an original Bible type shit. Okay, like early religion, basically. Re- yeah. How yeah. we're talking like uh, before the like pyramids are even built? You're thinking. Yeah, well, wow. in that in that okay. time frame. Like uh, even before Israelites. I guess so because you know, they, about, you know about Israelites. Well, they were the slaves of the Egyptians, or what? You tell me. Tell so me. okay, I'm not gonna. I don't want to misspeak, but Israelites are like the original original people. I think I don't, I'm not going to speak into more of their culture. I should have done more research before I start talking about it. But I know that they're like the original. They're considered like uh, before all like Catholicism and Christianity and any all the religions, even before Islam. And Islam is like, I think Islam is considered one of the oldest ones, like, uh, like uh, as well as Judaism. So it's like before all that, apparently. So it's something that I, I definitely, you know, I need to do more research. Before I mean, I, talk I feel about like it. it's the the Jewish religion i tie that in with israel and the israel israelites so it's i think israelites were black too actually uh, the black hebrew israelites there you go man the original people yeah the major (laughs) cities i they see them yelling at people about you know they're we're the original jews motherfucker. there's always gonna be someone protesting something right (laughs) i just i did my ancestry and found out that i'm not only i'm like one percent black okay one percent jewish like mike perry but he's got two percent he's double G. oh so he gets, it's, that's <laughs> it's a whole joke he's got two percent black in him but i mean yeah, it's just it's just a joke i would say i know but he <laughs> yeah he used that so he could say the n-word and, yeah and all that, which he's he's cool we almost sponsored him recently for that bkfc fight oh we, nice yeah we, in denver yeah and he i did didn't good, go man. to it he did do well i spoke with rockwell going into that a little bit oh did you yeah yeah he came to elevation i wasn't i was just thinking i was in a spar normal that day and then you know, I come in and, and Cody Donovan's like, "Hey, uh, you want to sp- you want box rock hold?" I'm like, uh, "Hell yeah, what?" Yeah. Hell <laughs> so yeah. I just threw all. He gave me a pair of nice winning gloves that I was trying to keep at the end of practice. He caught me, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he threw them on me, and we just did a couple boxing rounds. It was pretty good. It was like cool to flow and hold my own with one of the you know great UFC fighters of all time. I so, know, yeah, yeah, he is one of the. Be- he was a champion, you know, before Bisping. Took and, I mean, aside from that, striking I think is really good. Yeah, even uh, MMA is a full skill game of everything, not just how you are at one martial art and so it's like but his striking was good man and he just boxed me so i know he's good at kicks and different things so i didn't get to really get the full arsenal that's fun yeah that's see the these opportunities you get when you're at this level and growing and just kind of in the mix of it all 100 percent. that's yeah it's it's, it's for, i'm fortunate to be able to cross train like uh you know help out justin gaethje as much as i can you know getting ready for the to get the bmf title he's gonna win that shit oh. and uh you know just even being at elevation fight team and having guys like you know when Kamara was training here a little bit more um and then guys would come through like sean strickland as well from different gyms and there's a lot of you know even like stamp fairtex coming through it's just cool seeing guys like that in the room at sparring and it's like i've been watching these people on tv and it's it's humbling but it's also like you try not to fan a little bit like yeah because i'm a fan of fighting you know i love it i've been watching it since i was a kid and been fighting for 13 years really or training for 13 years so it's like you know, it's cool to see them and spar with them and get rounds with them. It's like uh, picking their brain a little bit with yeah. certain things. Yeah, it's a little surreal too. And I went in. What what was the gym I went to? High, that was so high altitude martial high altitude. arts is where uh, mainly where Elevation Fight Team does their training out of now. Okay. And it's run by Christian Allen and uh, Cody Donovan. Cody Donovan sounds yeah. familiar. He fought in the UFC as well. Okay. Yeah. But like, I, I was there to see Corey Sanhagen, and then Gaethje was there, and the. Um, black dude Clyde it's not Clyde Clyde it's uh the razor no razor blades uh oh Curtis Curtis Curtis, yeah yeah. (laughs) Curtis Blades. Clyde that's how I like the Clyde the Clyde yeah and it was (laughs) so I thought of (laughs) Blade I was like I knew it man Curtis Blades yeah badass heavyweight yeah there's there's some man I'm I'm definitely fortunate to be able to spar in that room because we have a lot of welterweights but in general like just the quality like you said of, of top caliber fighters UFC top caliber fighters that are just in there daily get to just pick their brains and see how they train and, and it's humbling it's fun it's how, awesome. <laughs> how far do you live from that gym i'm not far okay. i'm in like west denver area 
it's like I guess I live in what people most people have told me is like the hood of Denver and like I'm from Philadelphia and it's like no that's not the hood <laughs> yeah, yeah it's nice it's, it's nice chill yeah I mean I like it I, I love it I would I would buy a house there if I could <laughs> okay yeah it's a nice I mean state overall I think uh, I mean uh, Colorado with the laws and stuff I moved here yeah, for sure because in Texas weed is illegal and I had already been arrested. I've I've been I'll arrested out like here. ten times. It's crazy illegal in Texas. They rather catch you with a bazooka than a, than a joint. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's absurd, and they'll take you to jail. I was with my daughter one time, and they like took her into custody, and then took me. And my mom had to drive from over, like five over hours. Weed. Yeah, that's so crazy. Man. And it happened four times. <laughs> four times. Dumb I am though, not with the daughter situation. Thank oh, okay. God. And a lot of the times I would be traveling from San Antonio to here and back and forth, and they would they get you in the panhandle. So you would drive back and forth, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Because they just want to catch people that are leaving the state, not the people who are as much living there. I would say. Right. right. Yeah. It's and still kind of messed up, man. It, it, sh it should be nationally It's a legalized. cash grab, those it, motherfuckers. But. but it doesn't make sense. It's not a proper cash grab because if they made it fully legalized, like all the states that have, the amount of tax money that comes yeah. in, less crime. There's, I mean, there's going to be obviously weed-related deaths, but they're very minimal in terms of, because most people don't, I would say even people that smoke avidly don't have an issue driving. I know you shouldn't. I'm not recommended that. Right. No, I know. <laughs> but, but, but we all smoke and drive, and you be, after the first few months or whatever, you become. It's like you lock in. I mean, especially if you've been doing it, yeah, for yeah. a long time. It's just yeah. it's easy. But uh, regardless, I feel like it's such a different effect than than alcohol, mm -hmm. and also the effect it has to like your long term health. You know, it's so much different. I just it's one of those things. I think uh, like a pharmaceutical mm -hmm. lobbying happened mm -hmm. early in American mm -hmm. history, and that's where all the reefer madness came out. And it's like, oh, this shit's horrible. And I grow. I thought that growing up too. My parents are very immigrant style. They're you know, I was first generation born in America, so they didn't understand it at all. They were scared of it, and I they they put that fear in me. And so you know first time hitting hit my friend's pipe in, in high school and I'm like, yo, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> I just eat a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, it was, it is fun. It's a fun, and then, but, you know, some people be, can become a problem and it's abused. I, I'm trying to get more into like a micro dosing level on weed, which, you know. How would that, I don't even know how that would. Just take a little, it's all mental. But I then guess. You, get, you still get high though. A little, you just, I, I don't necessarily get high. I just get like a sense of, uh, well-being I guess you okay say. so it's like I mean I think I've seen that with like CBD there's like certain CBD treats you could have that are like the levels are right and it'll get you almost like a CBD type of high I don't know that's real but I've, I feel like I felt that when I've had strong CBD gummies well, I have this pin yeah exactly like with the CBDs but I have a pin and it's like super strong weed yeah like oil or whatever and yeah. you can take a huge hit and blow out this huge cloud or you just take a little baby hit. As long as I'm blowing out smoke. A I'm baby like, hit ends up being yeah. a cult baby hits. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like hard to microdose with that because it's like. You want to feel it. I always get up, end up getting high. There's really, the, I'm on either high or I'm not, you know, and it's like, uh, like my, with mushrooms, you can microdose, right? Like you can do a, and it's actually been proven what to help with depression and a lot of people would have PTSD and so many good things as well as I didn't know till recently that you served as well. Thank you for your service. My You're man. welcome. It's my pleasure. Oh <laughs> yeah. Fun. So I, but like, it, you know, it's helped a lot of veterans as well. And it's something like as well, I think this should be controlled substance, but it should be legalized nationally. And you know, there's nothing wrong with microdosing it. But weed, I, it's hard for me to microdose weed. I'll tell you, I'll be yeah, honest. I'm just, I'm just toying with it. I don't think I ever have. <laughs> that's just, that's just, to me, that's called running out of weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, like you said, well, I get, I get too high in the morning. Yeah. Like if I smoke, I try to keep it after 10 a.m., you know, let's say. Like that's about the earliest I would want to smoke, even though it used to be earlier when yeah. I like wake up and smoke. But I'm 45. I'm just being a little bit more responsible. I'm trying to run this multinational, multi-million dollar underwear <laughs> I brand. mean, you're doing a good job. So yeah. baby steps. Exactly. Yeah. Always making progress. Yeah. Right. Just little little baby incremental improvements. I need to wait later now. You're making me feel like I need to work on myself with it. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Have you? Do you meditate at all? So I, I don't, I just started recently getting into like meditation more and like understanding what really meditation is. I feel like I never understood it growing up because some people would explain it and I'm like, I don't get how you feel that. I don't feel that. I, yeah. I'm in, I get deep into this like warm, uh, you're like, I describe like it as nirvana. best as you can. <laughs> okay. So it's like a warm, 
nectar bath of rejuvenation. It's that sounds crazy. I want to feel it's that. Really, it's, <laughs> it's so nice. It really replaces quite a few of my smoke sessions, you know, because you probably have like three to five different smoke sessions throughout the day. Yeah, at least approximately. Yeah. And I it replaces my morning one because I meditate first thing in the morning. As soon as you wake up. Right when I right when I wake up. You don't go to the bathroom first. I go to the bathroom first. Yeah, yeah. You don't got wanna, to do that. Yeah, yeah you don't want to have to go to the bathroom. I think it's the first thing to. everyone does. They have to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, and I check my phone while I'm going to the bathroom. And so I that's just, I've heard of that being a thing that people should avoid, like first thing in the morning. It's yeah. like I've been actually trying to do that, like not take my phone to the bathroom with me mm-hmm. when I go first thing. I mean, yeah. I'd say I fail most times and not. But what are you gonna do then? Just stare at my dog <laughs> in the face. I don't know. He comes over and hangs out, so I just look at him. <laughs> yeah, it's but like, it's like a huge thing. It's like tough to break that because I feel. Like it was like I'm a big fan of like trying to break crutches. I would say like, like I do water fast as well. Like where it's it's strictly just water and no food. Okay. Sorry, water only fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for like you know, I think the recently the most I did was 96 hours straight. So it's like things like that that test your body, that break your comfort zone, you break the comfortable habits that you normally have to be able to like make sure you know you pinch yourself, you're still alive kind of thing. I fasted on Monday. Did you really? For the 24 hour, so it was a 24 hour. Even a 24 hour fast is great. What I do though, it helps with fasting, is I'll take a little bit of salt. Just enough to taste it. Well, that's not. It doesn't break your fast. I yeah, think I don't. I don't know. That, I don't know. I, I. I. If. If it does, then so be it. But. but so it's. It's based off of like. So there's different kinds of purposes with fast, right? There's like. Uh, there's fast to help your gut biome. There's mm-hmm. fast to just help your body like heal from the. And there's fast for for your mental. There's fast for injuries. You can use fasting, I think, to help fight cancer mm-hmm. in certain certain points. I could see that. So it really depends on what you're doing, but like. I don't think salt, I don't know if it turns, depends on the amount of salt because it's like you can't metabolize anything. That's what it is, right? And so if you're doing it for gut health and you can't have coffee or espresso or tea during it because then it breaks the purpose of doing it for gut health because you want there to be nothing but water. But if you're doing it not for gut health then you can have black coffee, black coffee with right. nothing else in it. Or yeah. Green tea or something. And even salt. See, I don't know how it works with salt. I think enough it was metabolizing. I could be wrong. I, that's it's just a little trick that helps you get over like being hungry if you're it's just and i'm talking like four little grains or five that's little small grains. like yeah it's just a little yeah, th- yeah just to taste it and then okay. it's like okay yeah, it holds you over and it's a weird tool that i use so you'll dab it put it in your tongue like let it absorb in your tongue and that's it not like mix it with your water no yeah just, right, that's a good idea i might try that I'm going to look into it actually first. Um, yeah, look I into it, it first because <laughs> you don't want to mess anything up if you're doing it right. But it, I've done 72-hour fasts, and but I also just smoke weed. Drink, I do drink coffee. And I was doing like spirulina, which is a vitamin. It's like a green. I heard of that. Yeah. It's kind of like AG1, which everyone's on the AG1. What's AG1? Athletic greens. Oh, okay. I know about them a little bit. I don't. Yeah. I don't really mess with them as much. I used to do more like powderized things, but I feel like as of lately, I've been trying to get it more with like my through like actual fruits and vegetables and Absolutely. like real food, whole yeah. foods. It's tougher, and it's like you know time consuming and schedule. But I think I post. I post it on my story. I kind of like keep it interactive with people that follow me. To like this is what I do, but I do it every single day. I've been doing it for honestly like nine years now, maybe more. I've been doing this exact same i do a smoothie every morning it used to be mainly veggies and uh, a little bit of fruit now it's like mainly all fruit the only veggies are like cucumber which is kind of considered a fruit right hmm. and uh sprouts like broccoli sprouts things like that um and then i do like a little chunk of turmeric and, and ginger in there i do it every day nice and it's a bunch of fruit cantaloupe pineapple uh you blend it or do you juice it i blend it Okay. Yeah, I want the pulp. Yeah, you gotta have the, the pulp. You gotta have the pulp, man. Yeah. Juice, people that juice every day, I'm like, you're kind of like uh, not negating it fully, but you're negating a big health part of that. Like yeah, that pulp is good for you. You're getting a lot of the sugar yeah. only. And I, because I used to do, I had a juicer about the juice man when the guy was on the infomercials. Oh, the one back when we were like, it was a big thing is like, juice, it's the best way to go. <laughs> yeah, and I would get, I remember I got, a bag of carrots and I juiced the carrots and I drank it and I was like high on carrots <laughs> and I loved it and I'm like I'm gonna fucking do this every day my nails are great my eyes feel great well I can see <laughs> clear I got energy but then it when you're I was like shitting carrots juice <laughs> it's like orange poop yeah, yeah it was it was and I was like I better stop this. See, actually, I feel like the carrots you can juice, right? I think the fiber of carrots isn't that cute, just like a lot of the other stuff, I would say. Because I did juice carrots for a little bit. Now I kind of will throw them in into the, I'll mix them in with the yeah. smoothie. I'll blend them up because it's really not that, not the whole full serving of carrots, which will make it super chunky. 
But I think carrots are meant to be juiced. Okay. You still get the benefits of them. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't done it in a while, but like you, when you said you are like being kind of interactive online, it made me think of your watch parties. Yeah. I want to. So you're doing a watch party this weekend. I've been doing them for twice a month now, and this weekend I'm doing it. Yeah. The pay per view. Yes, Amanda sir. Nunes and I don't even know who she, what the lady's name that she's fighting. Uh, Irene Aldana. Okay. Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana. There's a lot of good fights in that card too. We have a teammate for pound for pound, Miranda Maverick. She's fighting. That co-main event as well, Benil Dariush and yes. uh, and Charles Oliveira. I'm excited yeah. to see that one. Yeah, I like to try. I love Charles, and I love, but I liked him as champion. He was really fun for me. He's just like dressed cool, and he's from <laughs> the, the barrio of Brazil. I don't think that's the right word. There's, I forget. Is he from Brasilia, Brazil? Yeah, I think so. Or no, I don't know what part of Brazil he's from. Some but yeah, he's exciting. He's, I mean, guys that can strike and that can grapple are always going to be exciting, especially if they're not have some swagger to him. And he's been in the UFC forever. Yeah, I think Benil takes it to him though. This, this fight, I'm Benil's going with Benil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Benil, I, I think is like well overdue for that title shot. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like he's you know, he's been on the cusp for a little bit. He looks he looks like a me or something, and then he goes in there and he's such a badass. He's like somebody's dad or just like yeah. you know just chilling. You see this guy at the gas station just hanging out, and you're like, oh, this guy knocks pools the heck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got that laid back demeanor, you know. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. He's because this levels of experience, man. He's been doing it for a long time. And, uh, you know, he just carries himself well. I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be a good fight. I mean, either guy that wins, I'll, I'll be a fan of, honestly. I think Charles Oliveira is great. I think Benio Darius is great. Can't hate on anybody that, no. that's a jiu black belt, you know? And like you. <laughs> like me, exactly. How, who, where did you get that from? Like, who, who were you training under or whatever? So I came up under Ricardo Miglaris at Balance Studios in Philadelphia. And uh, I started training with them. Um, Ricardo and Phil McLaurice over there and been trained there for up until I came here to Colorado which was about two years ago uh, I got my black belt about four years ago I think so I'm my first degree two year, uh, first degree a year and a half ago but so I came up under them Ricardo McLaurice is uh, known as the animal his nickname he's a big you know strong gorilla he's like six foot five six foot four just 225 pounds but crazy athletic and uh, I trained with him my whole upbringing man I think that's what made me such a good black belt which I feel like I am, you know, and super aggressive and, uh, you know, training with guys like that, Balance Studios, all the guys we did that have come through and, and uh, you know, really helped me become a good grappler. And then when I came here, I feel like I made a huge transition into my striking. I had yeah. very good striking in Philadelphia as well under, um, he's in a jarn, Andy Russell, in a jarn under Sakasem. Uh, Punisher and uh, I came up under him as well, but we didn't have that big of a fight team, which made it hard. You know, I made it hard to stay in Philadelphia and keep my coaches that I grew up with. So coming here was like more like, I gotta make sure I, I get the fight team. I'm trying to find, and I ended up hitting it off, finding a great striking coach here with Justin Houghton, a pound for pound, and uh, working with Steve Wardinsky at Cathaaro. You know, I also go over across training with guys at Easton, with Elliot Marshall, and uh, the guys over at uh, High Altitude Elevation Fight Team. So it's just a good, good mix here that I came from Philadelphia too. So I, I definitely miss my coaches. I miss yeah. the guys that I got my black belt from, miss the animal and my striking coach, but uh, you know, I like it here in Colorado a lot, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, at some point- You kind of blabbered there a little bit. No, no, <laughs> you kind of like, you just have to level up and you can, you, maybe sometimes you only get so far with a certain team and they get you to that point, but you gotta take a step to get to the next level. And this, I mean, the guys you're training with are just, you know, like the who's who in the in, in the UFC at this point. How did you even get started, though? I got started in MMA, man. That's a story. <laughs> so I used to get in a lot of street fights growing up and uh, like always getting in trouble. And uh, as I got older, I kind of never really thought about what I would do as an adult and like what I would do growing up. I just kept on getting in fights. I had so people see my tattoo on my on my chest and my tattoo on my rib. Um, I actually lost both my parents to cancer. I lost my mother to breast cancer and my father to lung cancer. Wow. Um, and when I was, my mother when I was 18 and my father when I was almost 21. I was 20 at the time, I think. And uh, it was tough, man. It was super tough to deal with. I was getting a lot of trouble progressively as our mom got more sick. Mm. Um, and she, stayed, she was able to live to see me graduate high school. I graduated that year and two months later, she, 2010, she passed away. I'm and it sorry. was like, yeah, it was tough to deal with, man. She was a fighter she had uh cancer my whole life Fuck. that's something to dive into but like she um man she was stage four when i was a kid 
She beat it. She had a double mastectomy. She had a first. She had a single mastectomy. Then she had a double mastectomy, um, and she was cancer free in remission for two years, about two years. Um, and it came back. And it came. Why? What was was just a, like, I don't know, lifestyle man, or? This like ties into a whole lot of like kind of what I'm made sorry. me who I am, my okay. belief system. But it's like she never. Nah, man. She was a great. I think she's my, my my role model growing up. She's my best friend in the house. She's what I aspire, like any woman in my life should be like. Mm. She donated to charity, worked 12 hour shifts at the pizza shop we had growing up, like supported that, supported our family, like was my dad's backbone for real. Like she did a lot for our family and uh, like she was super healthy, never ate food at the pizza shop, never ate fried food, always ate Middle Eastern cooking, would bring food to the pizza shop like so she wouldn't eat unhealthy. I don't know what it was, man, because it runs in my family. I've lost uncles and aunts, same thing. I like currently recently had passed away Jesus. as well to breast cancer or different kinds of cancer. It runs in my family heavy. I don't know why. Yeah, sucks, my grandfather sucks, died of cancer. So it, and, oh, I'm sorry, but, but he was smoking cigars like all the time. I remember driving with him to our that. ranch and he would be just like cha not chain smoking, but he always had a cigar. And back in the day, they would smoke in the car with you, and it was just like, oh, bro, that was the I'm, I know. My, I should preface it. My dad was, had lung cancer from smoking. That's okay. where he got it from. He smoked his whole life. He brought it on himself in a way. It yeah. sucks to say, but like, because he beat it. Because thing, but both my parents had beaten cancer. My mom, it came back, and she had no control over it, right. And then when it came back, it just it traveled throughout her whole body, right. My dad, he beat lung cancer, had the piece removed from his lung. And then he's smoking a cigarette in the hospital room. He's my dad was the epitome of I don't give a f what you want. <laughs> Go, I'm doing I'm doing what I want to do. That's it. I don't care. He doesn't care what it does, where the rules are. If he wants to do something, he's doing it. <laughs> that reminds me of a situation that I was in when I was in the hospital. I had got hit by my own car. I, I was delivering pizza. Oh shit! It was the last pizza I ever delivered. I'm, I get to the guy's house. I remember I, those days. I used to deliver pizza too. <laughs> I'm like smoking a blunt as I'm pulling into his house. I oh, put it out in the ashtray. I get out of the car with the pizza. I walk, I'm walking to the house and then I hear my engine rev somehow. My car starts rolling towards their house. Stop. <laughs> I, so I must have left it in drive, but somehow was able to get out of the car, walk around. I get. Bro, you were that stoned. I've done that. Or you get uh, out and you're like, oh shit, I didn't put it in park. <laughs> yeah. So I run back to uh, try to hop in the driver's seat and stop it but i couldn't make it to the driver's seat so i was trying to superman it oh no you didn't you, try, just, you thought you could stop a two-ton car you're like fuck it that's, a, that's what's weird is that's a high thought you get as well for some reason you're like i'm gonna stop this fucking moving car it's two tons or one ton whatever how much car weighs i'm gonna stop it with my body weight <laughs> yeah. and i oh man i got pinned in between the car i got hit by the car broke my femur so i'm in the hospital oh this hit you bad yeah it, it ran you over it pinned, yeah it was like it snapped my femur bone Bro, so this I'm, is like a ridiculousness uh uh <laughs> it should yeah. be on ridiculousness right here the story it is a good one <laughs> I've, I, I've, I, it's one of my the story my go-to stories that's pretty good actually no like, not good i mean it sucks that it happened but it, like, it's pretty funny it is kind of funny. i can't i can't lie i hit by my own car and i broke my leg but I'm in the hospital room and I have my buddy bring me a, a blunt, not a blunt, like a roach to oh, a joint. Okay, nice. And I smoked you the joint. You can't get away with that in the, in the hospital. hospital. How long ago is this? I was, I was 19, 20. So it was like 25 years ago. I did not get okay. away with it per se. Well, you could actually then. I feel like that was a different time a little bit. Things changed fast. They Over the past 25 years, I think exactly is what things changed. They wouldn't cameras let, became relevant more. and <laughs> Cameras? Cameras yeah. became oh, a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I get it. <laughs> but I'd, like your dad, I just, I was like, I'm going to smoke this joint in the fucking hospital. And then they wouldn't, they didn't let me have any visitors after that. <laughs> I don't know. How, I forget. I was young. My dad just like, he said, watch the door. He just laid up a cigarette, laying in the bed. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so like that, that's so crazy. That's a funny story though. But yeah, man. So he, I get it. I get it. Like hard headedness. It's kind of, it runs in my blood too. But he was like that. He would smoke and he brought it on himself. But man, he was, uh, he was like the Marlboro guy. He had, I don't know if you remember, like well, they used to, if you bought enough cartons and you kept enough carton tags. You get like a jacket. <laughs> you get a jacket. You get a motors, hat. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, fanny pack. My dad had the whole thing. I got pictures legit with him wearing a Marlboro trucker hat and rocking the Marlboro fanny pack. Hold yeah. me and my brother. Just like he thinks he's boss. Just wearing it. <laughs> and you got the, they, they send you a catalog and you're like, yeah. you can get, choose from all of our branded material. Oh, man, I remember that. It was burning my brain as a kid. I'm like, dude, he's a Marlboro guy. 
<laughs> he had yeah. all this every he had every kind of every like i think he got everything that had in the magazine the jacket the hat the shirts the shoes the everything had everything yeah <laughs> i remember looking at it thinking i want that you know i want that looks cool my dad smoked marlboros too and uh yeah you get it you get it yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy yeah but yeah so he smoked his whole life and yeah, I don't know. My dad, he brought it on himself in a way, and my mom didn't. You know, it's kind of just cancer. It's how thing, man. It's how it is. Like, you can't... Like, I know so many people that just maybe are super healthy that don't get that like don't get sick, and then people that are healthy that do get sick. Same thing, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Guys that have been smoking their whole lives, eating fast food every day, never have any health problems. They're just lucky. Yeah. It's like... That's a whole thing, right? Like, there's like a genetic makeup you could have where you're more immune to like certain kind of health problems that's a thing i think yeah, like, like some kind of durability thing it like ties into your dna i think yeah like, same way there's like different body compositions right so i think there's like because i see you see people all the time like you know they eat fast food every day smoke every day and they're still skinny mm -hmm. they don't have no gut nothing you're like how they're maybe not in shape you know they can't do a workout but they're still like not overweight you're like yeah. i don't get it <laughs> right i eat a cheeseburger i gained five pounds my daughter is <laughs> reading this book about you know like fat acceptance and you know we have a, like an overweight culture and you want to have a body positivity you don't want to fat shame people and she's telling me how <sighs> it, and i'm not like in line with this because like, so what are your thoughts on that i just but what if you were in a country where you couldn't have access to like food all day every day would you still be a you know overweight no you wouldn't we have a we have too much access to unhealthy food and it's very tempting we have commercials and billboards and you can say that they're they're just they're just fat because it's in their dna and maybe they're more prone to being overweight based on you know their dna but all, but if they were uh, naked and afraid and didn't you know couldn't eat or fasted True, yeah. a few times a year even so i think that ties like the same concept ties in like where i'm saying someone's body makeup because i mean if you look at american diet it's very high in processed foods and, and and corn oils and soy soybean oils and things that are just like not meant to be eaten it's actually it's crazy as I, it's like the the level of obesity in america ironically was skyrocketing and shooting up around the same time we started switching over to those kind of processed foods and oils and things yeah. like that so to me it's like yeah i mean same thing kind of applies like some people can eat fast food every day and then they never really notice the effects and so they're just getting by fine there's people that could eat like i said barely a cheeseburger and they gain every bit away from that and they're just naturally like their metabolism is slower and they could gain weight from not even eating fast food yeah i think that's just body makeup and it then, then you, at that point you have to like everyone's born with their situation and so like you can't blame your situation and let your situation dictate what you're going to be in life you know otherwise there wouldn't be There'd be, it wouldn't be any successful athletes and entrepreneurs and people that started businesses from out of, from out of nothing and people that became, that were, they're broke stories that became into rich stories. You know, it's like all that is you changing your situation, whether it's you are naturally more prone to being overweight, you're more naturally prone to having bad cardio, you know, naturally, whatever you're naturally prone to, okay, that's your handicap, you know, but now you have to work around that. You can't just let that dictate you. And I think a lot of people let that dictate them, you know? So. Yeah, and they're like a victim and my circumstance. You got to work around it. Yes. You know, we all have our obstacles. We all have our paths. Uh, I was just talking about how a lot of the guys that got out of the army when I got out of the army, love you guys, they're just kind of living paycheck to paycheck. They're just uh, you living off the, maybe the retirement from the military and stuff where I took that opportunity and built a business and I'm just i've made progress over the last decade where they made less progress but they're still good and they, they're with their families and they're happy and i mean ultimately as long as you're fucking happy who gives a fuck yeah true i think if you're happy shoveling dirt you're happy working security you're happy making pizza whatever it is yeah you know, you're thing. fulfilled but i agree look that's the difference is not everyone's not everyone's gonna be that way. So there, it leaves room for people like you and me to, you know, cream the crop rises. You know, we're gonna get to the top and we're gonna succeed in whatever way we can. Because especially there's not as many go-getters out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, look, like I said, everyone has different situations and no one's, some people have more on their plate mentally. Mm -hmm. Some people have more on their plate physically. But I just, I'm one of those things is like, you're not gonna, 
if you're gonna sit there and have a pissing contest with someone about like I got more going on, that's why I'm not doing it, mm-hmm. then that's why you're gonna those reasons are gonna be the exact reason your downfall exists. And it's like you may have more reasons, but that should be a better reason for you to make a change and now have a story, you know? So the guy over there maybe got it silver spooned or maybe his genetics are different, but you know, you worked for that. There, there's, a, there's a story right there. Like every entrepreneur has a story. You didn't just, and everyone just walks into a business, especially when you, you know, you don't come from a family run business, you started on your own. That, that's a money losing pit for a while. And it's like, people don't understand, like you gotta take those, those punches, you gotta take those those shots and just move with it and continue to find a way to grow around it. And that's what's gonna make you become a stronger mind, a stronger business person with everything at the end, I feel like. You know? It's not how hard you hit, it's yeah. how hard you can get hit. Okay. And keep fighting. <laughs> Rocky. I like it, yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a Philly guy, I love Rocky too. Yeah, I, I, love, I, love, I love the older Rockies too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rocky For one sure. through five. Yeah, I wanna rewatch all of them. I remember when I was getting ready to deploy, I was going to some training in some at some base like Fort Campbell and we're in the barracks and we had access to different movies and I was watching Rocky and just fucking oh, that's bawling. a great one to have access to yeah it was yeah it's very motivational for you sure know? It's, uh, it motivates me anytime I watch it honestly I could I could catch it on TV and I'm, I'm finishing this yeah I gotta watch the rest of this yeah if you ever want to watch it again I got the DVD box set oh, <laughs> from shit. when I, my brother got it when we were kids and I jacked it I jacked it from him I never told him <laughs> so I got it I got it with me <laughs> what is he doing he so my brother actually he, uh, he lives in Westchester PA right outside of Philadelphia and uh, man he's a he's a badass I would say just chef because he makes amazing food whether it's pizza cheesesteaks all that he actually had uh, Dave Portnoy come out and raid his spot, gave him eight point one, which I think was modest. I think he should be higher. <laughs> he ta- he shits on everyone though. He does shit on some spots that I'm like, and he gives some spots that are not that good, higher scores, and I'm like, I don't get that. Like, I'm not gonna start shitting on pizza spots because I, like, <laughs> I I I don't I I don't get what's so great about David Portnoy, but he's ma- he's definitely made a big name for himself. Barstool Sports. He's he's an entrepreneur, but like his he's like. Sh- I don't know, he like shits on everyone. So I actually met somebody that's from the same area he's from, and they said that like there's a spot back home that he gives the highest score to, but then he kind of bases all his other scores kind of off that. And then the guy that I talked to said that the spot he's basing the score off that he loves and the best spot is not that good. He's like, it's not that good. He just likes a certain style of pizza. I'm like, okay, like everyone has their style. Like you're gonna say this girl's prettier than that girl just because you like this, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. you like chocolate, I like vanilla, he likes strawberry, but Nah, my brother's pizza is better than 8.1. Get out of here. I'll meet you there, Dave. Uh, and we'll have a well, cook, cook some pizzas, some cheesesteaks, and make the whole menu for you right there. It'll give some proper scores. But yeah, my brother has a pizza shop, Westchester Cafe. Nice. Out in Westchester, PA. So makes some doing, of the best food out there. He's doing his thing. If you're ever out there, let me know. Yeah, I'll get you set up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but so, but you never really said how you got into, I mean, you're, so your parents. Oh, I think I, yeah, yeah, sorry. I kind of got okay. right? But. Like, because you could have used that as an excuse to be like, oh, I'm a victim and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do anything and whatever, cry me a river. But you have just maybe used it as motivation. But tell me. Yeah, man, I, I use it as fuel. Like, I use it as fuel every day, honestly. Like, it, it's a mix of, like, I do it for them. And as corny as it sounds, I do, like, I do it to prove. So when I say I do it for them, I do it to prove, like, I fight. And I'm trying to be in the UFC. And I'm trying to be successful with that to prove like I became something to my parents because I was a lot growing up. I was always getting in trouble. It's a fact. I got kicked out of literally every school I went to from uh, from pre-K. I got kicked out of pre-K, kindergarten, elementary, middle, and high. Every school I got kicked out of. So I always was getting in trouble. And to me, it was like I didn't ever think I'd be something. To be honest, I thought I was gonna just maybe be a homeless. I don't know, or just random dude working at janitor. It. So honestly, just not that it's like there's. I had higher aspirations and I never wanted to just be an average Joe doing an average Joe job and just live an average life. You know, I wanted to do something extraordinary that I can help make a difference or I can make a change and I can live a better life for the family I do have one day. So to me, it's like, you know, when, when mom got sick and she was starting to get real sick and was passing away, I was getting in more and more in trouble and I was getting in more fights. And I remember she passed away um, in August and I got a fight, or no, sorry, she got passed away in July. I got in a fight in August, first week, August, so they one month from when she passed away got in trouble, got arrested, got in some serious legal trouble, which uh, kept me from, I think, making the decision to go to college. Cause I was like, I already didn't do well in school. I already didn't test well. Now I got this on my record. And it's like, that's gonna keep me so far back from, I wanna be a successful person if I go to college. I wanna go get a high, good job, get high paying, all that. 
So I was like, you know what? Let me take a break. Let me st- take a step back and think about wh- wh- what do I want to do? I always wanted to be a pro athlete. Um, my cousins were training in jiu-jitsu at the time at Balance Studios. They were blue belts uh, under Ricardo Filmeglaris. And so they were like, yo, you got knockout power because the guy got in a fight with Street Fighter. You know, I knocked him out pretty bad. He had a fractured orbital and a fractured skull. It was like a huge thing. That's why with I got your in fist? trouble. With my fist. I hit him wow. twice. Whoa. Oh, no. Sorry. I hit him once. <laughs> no, I hit him twice, but it was self-defense. I just didn't have a good attorney. And I couldn't, I didn't have like, you know, it's the yeah, way the American the system is. Defender. I've, I was, I've was arrested so many times and I, get did, it. I did time. And when, in my last stint where I actually did time, I was like the best I'm going to be able to be is a janitor. I, that's what I, cause I was, I, we, my job was to clean the bathrooms and the toilets and the showers and all that with the, we were, that was my. In lockup. In lockup. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it was in a detention center, so it was like a big bay like this and a bunch of bunks, but it was in Middle Georgia, Bullitt County, half black, half white. How'd you white. end up there? I lived, I also lived there. I did okay. Cali. So you I moved Georgia. around for a bit. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm Texas. A, mm-hmm, all over. <laughs> oh, that's Virginia, pretty cool. here. And it's like all different, like like east, kind of east, southern, south, west. It's pretty cool. It's, I'm, I'm diverse as far as experiences, and but... Um, I just, I just remember thinking like that's about the highest I'm gonna amount to because I'm a fuck up. I kept fucking up. You do get down on yourself like that, man. It's like it's true anyone. You get enough times you fuck up, and yeah, it's like what the fuck is wrong with me? Of course, yeah. yeah and we all have different paths and stuff. But speaking of which, and we're gonna have to wrap it up relatively soon. Oh yeah, it, we're going over time, man. We talked about a couple of things. <laughs> are you, are you watching the new tough? I am. I am. Because you know why only reason is i missed a lot of toughs where i was like i'm not watching yeah. <laughs> i watched the early ones like you yeah, watched the early course, ones I'll then it was like that middle range where you kind of like tune out mm-hmm. and i'm like you know how, how often is tough going to be on connor's on there i was like it's fun to watch it is fun I'm like fuck, i'm gonna watch it so i'm yeah. watching it bit by bit and and exactly it's been entertaining so and i have far. teammates on there too a teammate yeah who austin hubbard Okay. Yeah, he trains that elevation fight team. I don't know. I think he fights this coming week. So if you guys are watching this coming week, tune in. I don't know what happens. I hope he won. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I, yeah. I, I, it's always fun, especially you know when it has like a good coach. Because some of the middle seasons, it's like okay, I, this is. It's about real. like a good coach and a like a uh, energy like coach that is is like fun to watch. It's, it's like not just like a like a GSP was coach. It'd be yeah, it's GSP. But what is his personality like right right <laughs> he's not gonna cause cause over here like talking you'll shit do what I in a suit and yeah yeah you'll do what i fuck what you're told i'm gonna ping you <laughs> it's just like saying shit like that and then channel's just taking it i feel like he's more laid back he's yeah. just like yeah okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. he's like a dad vibe with like a kid talking shit he's like uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah <laughs> who do you think would win between those two? Oh man right like if connor is Original Connor, I'm gonna say original Connor. Connor before he started putting his mindset with different things, I think he beats Chandler most times and not Connor. I think Chandler has a good, good, good wrestling base. He has all the tools to beat Connor, but I don't know, man. His last few fights, he hasn't been like fighting. I would say smart. He's been fighting for that paycheck. He's been fighting for that bonus. Which Connor? No, no. Chandler? Chandler okay. Connor hasn't fought enough for me to talk about. Yeah. Him. <laughs> well, and his last just, one is a loss. Yeah. Yeah. But he is also like partying a lot. I mean, I hear. You That's know. why it's like you never know. And yeah. it took him a while to get into the USADA testing pool. It's like, is he relying too much? I know he had to have used, like, look, uh, so many guys use PEDs. Let's yeah. just be real, right? Yeah. And there's guys that are using PEDs that are in the UFC still that are just using the certain kinds that don't pop up on the testing pool, right? Or whatever. Because, like, even up until recently, peptides weren't on USADA's testing list. So, like, things change constantly and guys are always adapting. But for him to like feel that uncomfortable, he knew how much time he had to like, he it really seemed like he didn't want to jump into the testing pool. It's like, it's probably on more serious stuff. And when mm-hmm. you're on more serious stuff, then it becomes your body relies on it more and it's mm-hmm. harder to get off of that and become mm-hmm. your old self in a way. So we don't know, you know, yeah. there's so much media behind it. He could be back to his old self, could not be. Really gonna find out come fight night. So yeah. if they fight. We don't even know what's going on with that. I know. Yet. There's so much speculation. He's saying I'm going to fight you at 85. Like, bro, you're that heavy right now. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. He's got, to cut, he's got to cut to 85. Yeah, like, I'm not even cutting 85, and I'm bigger than Connor. Come on. Right. That's <laughs> yeah, so funny. What do you, what do you weigh then? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you walk around at? Athletic commission's not listening to this. <laughs> 
I walk around a little heavy. Okay. Uh, I like to eat. Yeah. And I do a little bit of a weight cut, but it's gotten easier. I would say I walk around like 195 ish okay. around that. All right. Some days 196, some days 194. Okay. But uh, yeah, I walk around pretty heavy, but I've gotten better at the weight cut. Pretty heavy, I would say, for 70. That's what, 25 pounds. But, yeah. uh, you know, you cut it with different things. There's different ways to cut it. It could be, you know, you're bloated or, you know, different ways you hold water. You lose a little bit when you start to do the, do the protocol. And then, you know, you lose about 15 pounds of water, I would say. 15, yeah. 20. Yeah. Um, we have like two minutes. What are you, are you, are you trying <laughs> to, now, sorry. are you trying to get into, uh, I mean, like the, the contender or tough or. So, I would say my goal with fighting right now is, you know, I'm waiting for hopefully something short notice. I'm yeah. staying ready. I'm prepared. Uh, some of the best shape I've been in right now. But, you know, what, whatever happens, if it's getting to be a little bit and there's not a short notice opportunity that presents itself and I can get on contenders, I'll do that as well. Mm -hmm. um, if neither opportunity comes, it'd be a little upsetting, but I'd still be ready to defend the title. You know, the the, the job's not done yet. So I'm going to copy some famous words there because in reality, like, you know, regardless of what happens i'm not done until i get that ufc contract and i'm able to fight in the ufc and, and dominate a bit so um i'm just gonna keep trying keep mm -hmm. improving keep getting better hopefully a short notice call comes and i can get that but if not i'll be ready and uh when my time comes i'm gonna show why i deserve to be there and why it's been a freaking delay man i should have been there already <laughs> yeah yeah it's a long time coming yeah. it's, i i'm we're gonna get some good energy and magic from this pyramid from spins. i like it i like it good energy bro meditation yeah, yeah and visualize and all that shit and helps. you did thought you mentioned that too I, so meditation i did start i would say like i would just i kind of lay in my bed if my dog's there it's cool but i lay in my bed where i know there's nothing enough to worry about kind of close my eyes almost like a sleep like a trance and i get myself like that's to me is meditation i guess i figure it out where I get myself in a point of like, I feel like I'm fighting, my heart rate's going up, or I'm in a different spot wherever I'm at. I kind of like dream it up, but I'm still coherent. Th that's, I, th I feel like, is that meditation? It's similar. Okay. If you're in, if you're in the, if you're like in a trans state, it's about being in a trans state. Yes. So I don't think you can necessarily lay down and meditate. So oh, so that's a thing, really? Yeah, it's a little bit. That's why thing. I feel like I never truly understand like what, I never understood how, like what meditation is because everyone's got their own version. Then everyone yeah. says you got you like whatever you consider meditation is from meditation. Yeah, I mean, there's a thousand different styles of meditation, but I would look into transcendental meditation. It's from the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. You got you got a list to text me of all these yeah. things that, I, <laughs> that I didn't know about today during the podcast. I got to get a message of them. I'm gonna look them up. Yeah, I'm gonna get some more knowledge next time. Maybe I'll have a better idea of everything. <laughs> yeah, it's really powerful and. Uh, it's 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 been really good for me personally i've yeah, got I, off ambien i was on ambien for I'll sleep and i'm off ambien oh I, yeah um i was having like some serious issues just like with anxiety and maybe a, like depression and it's really helped balance my energy and peace, peace oh yeah that's mind. awesome yeah yeah that's a good thing man definitely i'm gonna look into it yeah i mean meditation from my version of meditation has helped me already with yeah, fighting. Exactly. I think I've improved. I started doing it maybe five years ago. First time I did it was on a massage table where I was just like able to put myself in the spot, heart rate going. And since that point, I've used it to meditate for every single fight. Perfect. And I feel like I've improved dramatically from every fight. Just like constantly putting myself in that spot where I'm like in the cage, heart rate going. Perfect. And then down. And yeah. Up and then down. And up and just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah it made such a difference. That's so powerful with the, with uh, like the visualizing and and seeing yourself in those positions and seeing yourself with the, your hand raised and that's how I feel like I created Sheath was through visualization. This was 10, 15 years ago, and only now that I'm older and I've needed like corrective assistance through non-medical means or yeah. non-prescription it's where like the meditation has been helpful but what when you're 31 which i believe i was 31 in iraq when i had the idea oh damn okay for sheath so it's a so you, weren't, you weren't younger and you weren't younger when you served you a little a little older then i was a little older damn okay yeah i joined at 26 and i got oh, out nice. at 33 so yeah it was uh that's a, that's a big thing man visualization yeah yeah that's like i think a lot of people don't realize too like if you don't visualize, then you sometimes don't feel like you belong when something is 
coming your way that's meant for you to embrace it, right? And a lot of times we'll guide, it's like our guiding our ship into the iceberg. Like we don't even realize we're doing it like subconsciously. And it's like visualization is such a huge part to make you feel like you belong in whatever you're chasing. So it's like, if you're having trouble with it, you know you're gonna be there. If it's coming, you see it when it's coming and you embrace it. And while you're there, you, you, you are just able to fully like live in it, you know? Yeah. It gives you direction. Yeah. And then you can, you just follow that path that you set rather than, you know, what everybody else kind of, yeah, or, or just being a victim of circumstance, you know, don't let, don't let anyone control your, your guide, your path, man. Just make sure that you believe in yourself. You're doing the right thing and visualize that shit. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Law of attraction. <laughs> All right, people, we have to wrap it up. We'd love to do this for longer. We'll do it again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We can go for like hours, I feel like. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's good talk. Yeah. Yeah. Come in. Okay. Basil Hafez, the champion of the welterweight, Fury FC. He's going to be champion of the UFC one of these days. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to be there to watch it happen. So thank you for joining us on this podcast. We'll be back soon. Until then, you know, live out your dreams. Peace. Yeah. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, yes. Thank you, Sheath. Thank you guys for having me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Sheath, best underwear in the game. I'm Thank wearing you. them right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love, yeah, I, I love it. I don't just say I love Sheath because Bobby's here. Like, if Bobby wasn't here, I'd still wear Sheath. And it's funny is, I was talking to friends coming in. My buddy Hugo, he, he loves Sheath. He wears it. I saw him, like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast with Bobby Bank, the guy who runs Sheath. He's like, oh, dude, I, I'm wearing my Sheath right now. He does construction. He wears them every day. He loves them. Yeah, so shout cool. out to Hugo. And, <laughs> and do you have a YouTube channel? Or just I do, YouTube? but uh, I don't really post on it. Okay. It just um, has to, my, if you just Google my name, Basil Hafez, some fights will come up. A lot of the newer stuff is on UFC Fight Pass. Actually, they have a good list of a lot of my fights. Nice. Except for the ones that weren't with the UFC Fight Pass banner, I guess. Yeah. But um, just look me up through that. Instagram as well, Basil underscore uh, Badre. Basil Bedr, if you speak in Arabic. Uh, but uh, Basil underscore Bajer, look me up, man. Follow me and uh, follow my journey. Yeah, it's fun. He's, <laughs> he's got good shit and he's very entertaining. You got a, quite a few followers too, so you're building an audience and got some good supporters, man. I support them too, and I'm just happy to be where I'm at right now. Yeah, you're killing it. Thank okay. you for coming. Thank you for having me. All right. Oh yeah, we'll be back soon. Bye. Okay. Oh,